It's time for episode 86 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, May 6th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes, and only a few days left to get your Clockwise t-shirt at teespring.com slash clockwise. Welcome back to Clockwise, the only tech podcast for the watchers on the wall. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined, as I am most weeks, uh, by my co-host across the country, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Dan. Have you bought your uh, Clockwise t-shirt yet? I have, of course. Oh, good. That was one of, I was one of the very first to own a Clockwise t-shirt. We have, we have two um, wonderful guests this week who are... This is actually like a, uh, I think that's the first time we've had this. It's like a concept pair of guests because they are, they are new to Relay FM, but not new to listeners out there. Um, our two guests are co-hosts of the Mac Power Users podcast, which is now on Relay FM. Uh, Indeed. To my left is Katie Floyd. Hello. Hey, guys. Or hello, neighbor, I guess I should say. To my left is the other half of the dynamic duo of the Mac Power users, Mr. David Sparks. Hi, David. Hey, Dan. How's it going? I, I You know, I, I feel like this is like a 70s sitcom and, you know, we've got this crossover and some zany hijinks <laughs> uh, are about to happen. And like a wacky sitcom, we're just 30 minutes long. Yes. And we will cover four technology topics. <laughs> nope. Sitcoms don't do that, Dan, but we do. Yes. Oh, it's high concept, Jason. High okay, concept. Fair enough. I will start it off today since I was the designated co-host. Um, there have been rumors floating around that Apple may launch a new remote if it launches some sort of new Apple TV hardware, and that said remote would include a touchscreen, possibly including the same force touch capability that we've seen on both the Apple Watch and on the um, new MacBook Pro trackpad, the 13-inch MacBook Pro trackpad, I guess. So my question for you guys is, do, is that appealing to you? I, I personally have some feelings about touchpads on uh, remotes. I'm not entirely bullish, but I'm I'm willing to be convinced. How do you guys feel about it, David? I hope it's bigger. The remote. I, yeah, I'm I'm afraid yeah. like the dog is going to swallow the existing one. So uh, bigger, just in general, would be better. But the uh, you know I, I'm game with it. Like force touch would be kind of cool. Like if you were flipping channels with it and you got some kind of feedback on your finger while you were looking at the screen, I could see it working. I don't know. I'm curious. I think Apple's going all in with this force touch thing, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm okay. I'm going to be a little skeptical about the force touch thing. I think that the idea of force touch is really awesome, and I'm looking forward to seeing it in a lot of iOS devices. I'm a little concerned that if you create an Apple TV remote that has force touch, it's got to it's got to have a little you know motor in there or something to 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 vibrate and all of that. I worry about battery life. I worry that this is going to end up being a thing that is not like my Apple TV remote when I can find it good point, David, um, is, uh, has a long battery life, a very long battery life. And I worry that the more complications you put into this thing, you're going to end up with something that, um, you're going to change the batteries or you're going to have to put it in a charging cradle or something like that. And I like the idea that the Apple TV, uh, could get a new remote and that the interaction method on it could be a little more sophisticated than it is now. Uh, because I, I never really loved the, uh, the, the aluminum Apple TV remote. It's fine. It is easily lost, but I feel like, you know, I feel like Apple could do something to make the controlling that device a lot more uh, pleasant. It would be cool if they did go all in on the controller and it had like an accelerometer in it and you could use it as like, let's say a gaming controller of a sort. That would be kind of neat too, but I guess we'll just have to see. Um, but I'm a little skeptical about the force touch thing on the Apple TV remote just because I'm worried a little bit about power more than anything else. 
I kind of like the small remote for the Apple TV because I tell you, I have cleaned more nooks and crannies of my house trying to find the Apple TV remote than, than I ever have otherwise. So there's some benefits to it being small and, and losable. But as far as the, the Force Touch remote, it's great technology. The, the Force Touch trackpad on the new MacBook and the 13-inch MacBook Air is just mind-blowing. But I'm not sure that it's something I necessarily need in a remote control. I would much rather see other features come to the Apple TV remote control. And I'm a big Apple TV user because I'm a cord cutter. So I'm really looking forward to an update to the Apple TV. But there's so many other things that I would rather see Apple put money or more so see them spend my money when I go buy the remote in. You know, I I, I don't want an IR remote. I, I want it to be Bluetooth or something else so that I don't have to necessarily be pointing it right at the little box. You know, maybe having a microphone so that we can put Siri in the mo- remote would be nice. Um, I, I think there are other features beyond Force Touch. You know, if you want to sell an optional add-on accessory that's a Force Touch remote, that that might be nice. But from a practicality standpoint, I can see so many more features that I would rather have in an Apple remote for the Apple TV before before you get to Force Touch on my list. It would be further down there. Katie, you did a great job of mentioning exactly two features that are in the Amazon Fire TV remote that Apple doesn't yet have, which is the Bluetooth and it's got a microphone for voice searching. So I totally agree with you on that because those are a couple of the features that drew me over there. The downside of the Bluetooth remote to me is that then it means I can't use a universal remote unless the Apple continues to build in some sort of IR support, even if they default to a Bluetooth remote. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of possibility for, for sort of spinning out new features there. Um, the, I would say the, the, though the battery life thing is a concern at the same time, I don't know how much of an issue it becomes depending on how subtle that, that Taptic engine is. If they use something similar to what's in the watch, I, I don't know that that's a huge battery drain, but it definitely is a concern over something that runs on like two different AAA batteries or a watch battery for like years on end. Um, but the remote is kind of, it's not great. And, and I think it could be improved a lot. Um, one of the features I would also like to see uh, to sort of add to Katie's list of things that I would prefer over a touchscreen is the Roku, latest Roku's have features where you can plug like headphones yeah. into a jack on the remote mm-hmm. for like private listening. So if you don't want to wake up other people who are in your family, that's, that's really cool and really smart. Um, I, I just think I understand the temptation to make the remotes better and more capable, but at the same time, anybody who's used their phone as a touchscreen remote, it's underwhelming. Um, it requires a lot of, you can't like find things by feel. You have to pay attention to it and and maybe they could do some clever stuff with the force feedback, but I, I have to feel like that's sometimes buttons, real buttons are the right answer and we shouldn't mess with that. But thank you all for your thoughts on that. I appreciate it. I'm sure we will all find out in a few weeks whether or not Apple decides that we must all become masters of the touchscreen instead. Let's move on to our next topic, which comes from Mr. David Sparks. You know, I've had a very strange experience with the Apple Watch. Usually when I get a new Apple product, I just completely lose myself in it for a month or two. You know, that happened with the iPhone, it happens with the Mac, it happens with the iPad. But the Apple Watch is different. It showed up. I, I did spend a day or two really, you know, nerding out through all the settings. But uh, very shortly after, it just became a thing I wear on my wrist. And I'm really enjoying it. I really like it in my life. But I find that I don't fiddle with it nearly as much as I thought I would. Are you guys having the same experience? Yeah, I agree completely. I I really enjoy it. And there, there are people out there who are like, oh, yeah, see, it's not that good, is it? And that's like not the idea. The idea is I don't fiddle with it 
it I can ignore it. I actually really like what one of the features is. It doesn't light up. It doesn't make an audible buzz when it vibrates so that everybody looks at you like, oh, you've got something going on. You know, what's going on over there? Do you have a notification? It's just like, I feel like totally stealthy. And I really like that. I can ignore it. And then I can glance at it and get what I need to do and then move on. And that's the whole point. Plus, I can, you know, glance at it and see what time it is. And and that's... I. I, it is a little bit surprising, but I think it's something that um, that shouldn't have been surprising. That you focus so much with tech products on this intense use, like um, you know, all right, I'm going to do a hands-on now, or I'm in the I'm in the demo room at, after an Apple event. It's like, all right, I'm going to hold my hand up here, hold my hold my arm, and I'm going to look, and I'm going to tap, and I'm going to do all this. And now I'm going to switch to an app and all that. And you get in this in this like I'm using actively this tech product mode, and that is not what the Apple Watch is for. It's just not. It is meant to be hanging around for when you need it and then you quickly move through it and then you go on i think it actually fails as a product if you end up spending a lot of time fiddling with it that's not the point so uh yeah i'm i'm finding it really useful to answer your question and also i'm glad that it's not like in my face that i i can ignore it and then when i want it it's there and it's uh i I feel like i'm still going through a learning curve with it about what how exactly i i want to fit it into my life but i'm enjoying it uh right now and and um and i like the fact that it does it's not as pushy as it could be. Yeah, I agree completely. I think like most of us, I, I spent probably the first day, day and a half fiddling with it and, and playing with it and trying to get all my settings just so. But after that, I've been very content to just let it be and let the watch tell me when I need to worry about something. And that is exactly what I was hoping that the watch would do. I was hoping that by gaining the watch, I would in many respects be losing my iPhone. And, and here's a prime example. I was at a family wedding this past weekend And most of my family was good, and they kept their phones away at the church. But at the reception, here they all come out. You know, we've got a pretty big family. We don't get to see each other very often. But it just was very disappointing that, you know, we're, we're sitting together at the table, and everybody's got their phones out at the table, and they're all interacting with the phones. And I realized that at the end of the night... Not once did I pull my phone out from Mm. my purse. You know, there were, uh, well, I did take a few pictures of of people dancing hysterically. But other than that, I did not pull my phone out of my purse. Um, Because the the watch told me when there was something going on. And if I got a notification from a VIP or if I got a text message, it was something that I could very casually glance at at the watch and say, nope, nothing important going on. There's no fire that I need to put out. I, I wasn't constantly worrying that I was missing something. And I think other people that I was sitting with at the table although they wanted to be present at the event, they were also worried, well, what's going on on that phone that I that I might be missing? Um, and, and even the priest who happened to be sitting at the table with us, you know, I, I was showing him the watch because, of course, the watch was so new, people were so interested in it. You know, I commented to him, I said, well, yes, Father, well, in service today, I, I got a text message and I, I didn't have to pull my phone out. And he was just like, you had your phone in church? And I said, no, no. I, I didn't have to pull it out because I had my of my watch, and you know he he was happy about that. Well, you're all better people than me. I play with the watch a lot. I think part of that is because of that learning curve thing, where it's I'm still trying to figure out exactly where are the like sort of spots in my life that all these features fit into, and so a lot of my time is still sort of consciously devoted to okay, I'm gonna you know like look at the watch right now and see if I can if there's something I should be taking advantage of, just sort of like mapping out like where are the spots in my life that that this watch can really help me. I do appreciate the note, like when I'm not doing that, and that's only really when I'm like sitting around by myself working, uh, not when I'm like with other people, but you know, I do appreciate that when I am sort of actively engaging in like a social con- 
conversation or something, it is a lot less distracting. That said, I, I do think that the the new sort of trickiness is you feel like that tap on your wrist and you're like, oh, can I can I look at my watch right now? Is that polite? Should I wait a minute? Uh, but I really want to, uh, but there's something going on. And so I'm, I'm trying to deal with that sort of impetus of like needing to immediately look at my watch. But in some, I think Jason's right that it is still less obtrusive than pulling out a phone. Uh, and so in that way, you know, and because you have the control over exactly which notifications get sent to it, it's a lot more manageable. So, you know, there tend to be very few things that are, you know, buzzing my, my wrist there. Buzzing my wrist. Is that a thing we can say now? I don't even know. Um, but it's, it's really interesting and I, and I've really enjoyed using it for this past week. And I, and I find that overall, I agree. It's not like I'm spending every waking minute, you know, peeking through all the features and stuff like that, but it's, I, I'm still curious. I feel like maybe I haven't tapped all the depths or I have, or depths or I haven't, you know, explored all the features that I could be getting more out of. But at the moment, I guess I'm pretty satisfied with where I am. Well, that's two topics down. We're at halftime here in Clockwise. Halftime is uh, time for me to tell you about our halftime sponsor. Our halftime sponsor this week on Clockwise is lynda.com, the online learning platform that has more than 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. You can get a free 10-day trial by going to lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash clockwise. Lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Microsoft Excel. You could learn negotiation tactics like that Kevin Spacey movie. Was he the negotiator? Who was the negotiator? Dan, Kevin, you... Spacey, Kevin Spacey was a negotiator. Also Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good movie. Um, I saw that on an airplane and, uh, and then I saw it later on, on uh, TV, on like HBO and I, I was like, wow, there was way more swearing in that than there was on the airplane. <laughs> anyway, sorry Linda. Build a website. You can uh, do that too. There's no movie about people building websites because that's a little less boring but super important. You can boost your Photoshop skills. I just got uh, Photoshop for Creative Cloud and and uh, coming from like five versions earlier, I have no idea about half the new features. And lynda.com can tell me that. In fact, one of the great things about lynda.com is that you often will get, uh, not only is your training from the experts, sometimes it's even from the people who made the product that that you're wanting to learn about, which is pretty, pretty cool. So you use the experts, you can stream thousands of these courses on demand, so you can learn at your own pace in your own schedule. They're structured so you don't have to uh, watch them uh, from start to finish. You can bounce around and uh, browse in bite-sized pieces. It is the modern way to learn how to build up your skills in all sorts of different areas. Uh, the Lynda.com membership gives you unlimited access to training on hundreds of these topics for one flat rate. You don't pay as you go for this and that. One rate, you're a member, and you get to, a to access all the courses. So... You can sign up for a free 10-day trial and try all these courses out yourself. Uh, clear your schedule. Spend all 10 days just absorbing this stuff into your brain by going to lynda.com slash clockwise, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash clockwise. Thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, two topics down, two more to go. It's time for my topic. Here it is. Apple Watch again. This is We're, we're in, the, in the core of this episode. We're talking about Apple Watch. Um, my, my question is uh, simple. What face are you using and what complications are you using on your Apple watch face? I'm curious, Katie. Well, simple. I'm using the simple face. Uh, I went through a couple of different ones and simple was the one that I landed on. I, the watch face that I used for years previously was just an analog watch and it had a fairly simple face. So that's what I stuck with. I like simple because you can add the date and I've, it really doesn't cost you a complication. So I did that. Uh, and I've also added the timer and the calendar, 
the fitness or activity and the weather as my complications. Uh, I really like having the the calendar complication in the corner, just kind of telling me what my what my next event is coming up. Uh, the activity complication is is okay, um, but I've used the timer more often than not. the The weather is kind of one that I could I could do without. I just kind of threw it up there because it you know it, I had an extra spot and that seemed like the sensible thing to do. So I like the simple. I I know where the numbers are on the watch. I I don't need them spelled out for me. So that's that's what I got. Uh, I am not a simple man. Therefore, I also well I'm using the utility face mm. uh, with just the hour numbers because I do need the numbers because I have trouble <laughs> sometimes staring at it when it's all just a round circle. Um, let's see complications. I've got activity in the top left because I like sort of seeing how close I am to completing my goals. I got the temperature in the top right, because in Boston, the temperature changes every 10 minutes, so it's good to know that. Uh, I've got the events in the bottom right now, but I'm not married to that one, just because, like you, Jason, commented, I think in one of your six colors pieces, I hate the fact that when I don't have any events, it's like, no, no events. more events. No more events. You are <sighs> free. I wish um, that would happen. And then in the in the little niche next to the hour hands, I've got um, the date with the day and the date. And, of course... Most importantly, the color of the second hand is green. So there you go. That's I played around with a couple other ones. So far, this is the one I like the best. Um, but I do wish there, there are a couple small tweaks here and there that I wouldn't mind changing. I like the timer complication, as Katie says, because I find myself using it a lot. But I, I don't like the fact that it's, um, you know, that you have to you have like a little set timer button then whenever it's up on the screen and you don't have a timer running. So eh, it's OK, but it, it might replace the the date someday or the um the event someday, but for the moment, I'm good with where I am. This is where I did lose a lot of time. Is I I went looked at every face, every possible iteration, and uh, I ended up like Dan with utility. N- not Mickey. No, I wear Mickey when I go to Disneyland. I switch uh-huh. it. To, it's like my uh, and, and I have no complications because I'm there. I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to think about anything. But uh, I really love the idea of having the calendar across the bottom um, in the next calendar event because I calendar everything and it's it's just great knowing where I need to be next. I use the complication for the date on the dial, which I know is controversial, but you know, hey, it looks good. And I use the orange as my offset color because I've got a black watch. Hmm. I think it looks good. Um, I've got. I keep having to twist my wrist while I'm talking because it keeps turning off. <laughs> uh, I use the activity in the upper left corner, and I do like the activity circles. And I'll tell you what, the activity stuff has worked with me. All of a sudden, I'm really trying to get my heart rate up to 30 minutes a day. I never cared about that before, and now like it's a big deal to me. You know, so I'm looking for uphill walks instead of downhill walks, and so so the games are working. And then the upper right corner for me is in play. I had it as battery to begin with, but then I realized my battery is always good on this watch i'm going to bed it's got like 40 percent. i don't care so i don't need to monitor that anymore switch it to uh, temperature but i live in southern california so i'm not sure what i need that for either you know i mean nice. either, it should just say nice all the time exactly. thanks david thanks <laughs> and, uh, mine just says hot I may just move. I may move the date up into the upper right corner and just turn it off the center of the watch. Uh, and the other thing with the utilities, I've got the the medium utility. I don't have it putting you know the five ten. It doesn't have like the the minute numbers across. I'm trying to keep it kind of simple. But yeah, I re- I'm really happy with it. I uh, I think the utility is a great watch face. I actually started with modular, but. Um, 
I, I decided modular was kind of too much and I didn't like how I could uh, not customize. I actually wrote about that on Six Colors the other day. Um, I like utility. Um, I'm open to other watch faces, I should say. I don't, I don't feel like I've made a final judgment here, but I'm using utility. I'm using it with the uh, 1 to 12 numbers, but not the added uh, the added information of the of the minutes. I know how that works. I know how a watch works. Um, and I've gone, I, I, after having a lot of complications on in the beginning, I've actually gone back out to be fairly minimal. In the top left corner, I've got the battery indicator for the watch, although I may turn that off because I've discovered it's fine. <laughs> and um, in the center, I've got the day and date. And that's it. And I actually kind of like it. I've thought about putting the calendar on there, but uh, Dan Dan uh, mentioned this earlier. I kind of feel like I don't want to stare at no more events. And uh, so I'd like, I'd like Apple to do something more subtle when you have no more events coming up or replace it with something else or just have it be blank. Um, but yeah, I'm keeping it simple with utility. I like it. I had a bunch of people say, uh, how ridiculous is it to have uh, analog watch hands on, on, on a digital device? And you know, not only was the second watch I ever had as a kid was a, an, uh, an LCD Casio that had uh, LCD hands. <laughs> which I thought was really awesome that it's a digital watch with analog hands. Um, but I so like 90s. I like being able to look at my watch and say, you know what? It's about a quarter to two instead of it's 247. Because um, it's not necessary in almost any thing to be that precise. And uh, I kind of like that it makes my brain actually do some some work to read the time. I think that's actually kind of fun. And I like watching the uh, the pretty numbers there. I like that font. It's pretty. I like it. White on black. We are down to one last topic, and Katie, you get to be the final uh, clockwise topic. What do you have for us? Well, I picked a topic that wasn't exclusive to Apple, but Yay. it is still something that's that's near and dear to my heart. And I'm curious to know, um, what, if anything, have you all done to turn your home into a smart home? And if you've done nothing, why not? Uh, and if you have, then what is kind of your favorite home automation hack or your favorite home automation uh, trick? Because this is a topic that, that I'm interested in. I'm always trying to make my home smarter. So I'm curious, what have you done? Well, Jason probably knows exactly what I'm going to say, yep. uh, but he can vouch for the fact that I, I have a very small house. Uh, therefore, I, I live in an apartment, so I don't have a lot of options to sort of integrate home automation stuff. But I do have a Belkin Wemo outlet, which is kind of cool, and it, it sort of serves the purpose of a. I replaced an old uh, analog lamp timer, basically, so it turns my uh, my office lamp on. Uh, every day about an hour before sunset and then turns it off, uh, you know, around the time I go to bed usually. Um, and now since I have an Amazon Echo, I can actually interface directly with that. So rather than sort of like pulling out my smartphone and find the Wemo app and turning my lamp on and off um, so as not to like screw with the timer, I can instead tell uh, my Amazon Echo to turn on my office light or turn off my office light. And the Amazon Echo will graciously comply. I'm not using the Amazon Echo wake word because I don't want my light turning on and off right now. <laughs> it works a little too well sometimes as Jason and fellow upgrade listeners can attest to. Um, so that's my favorite though. I really like it. It's just one of those things that's so no, so much of a no brainer and so easy to use that it, it makes my life just slightly easier. I would love to be able to integrate more stuff like that into my house. But right now my house is so small, that there's not a lot of need for it. So home automation is really cool, but I'm looking forward to someday having a, uh, a home large enough that I can benefit from all the other cool stuff. With me, I think you can tell the recent history of home, home automation, just walking through my house. You know, I've got the, <laughs> start with the Wemo. So I've got a couple of those spread around. We've got the nest, we've got uh, some smart things, and we've also got some hue light bulbs. So I've just got a little bit of everything, which means I've got a whole folder full of remote apps on my phone. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to HomeKit kind of unifying these things, and hopefully they all kind of come into the family at that point. 
But uh, the thing I find with the home automation, because there's four people in my house, uh, I don't use so much the, you know, automatic timers or uh, the, you know, since somebody walking in and make something happen because there's four of us and people are always walking around. Uh, but the, I do like the ability to access everything via remote. I mean, coming home on a hot day, you can have the air conditioning working when you get home. Um, you know, if my daughter pulls up late at night, she can turn on the porch light as she approaches, you know, all these things just kind of happen and we've all got kind of used to remote access and that's really nice. But I think there's room to grow here. So I, am a bad technology person. I'm very bad. Because, bad technology person. <laughs> because I don't because I don't have a whole smart home setup. I don't. You would think that I would be right on the forefront of this, and I haven't. And some of that has to do with just the way my house is built. Like, I bought, I have a couple of, uh, I have the LifeX uh, smart bulbs, LED bulbs, and they're cool, and I can control them with an app. But the problem is, I don't have a lot of places to put them. They're out here in my office with me, and I can use them out here, and I do. But, like, the way my home is 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 set up and the lights in my house, I can't really do that. So I'd say the most automated thing I have right now is the Nest. And just the fact that I've got, I, I really like having the Nest. That it, um, it, 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 it's got some complicated programming that I put in there about when it comes on and when it, when it turns off. And it's it's fun to have the Nest around. But I, I'm still waiting for um, enough reasons to invest in something that is gonna gonna make some improvements. I, you know, honestly, the thing that I'm most fascinated by is the idea of a smart lock on my front door where I've got some variability, you know, I can put an RFID tag in my kid's backpack and uh, they can just tap to come in or, and stuff like that. I think that that might be a cool thing to play with. Although again, you have to have the family acceptance factor for something like that. Cause your little tech toys, uh, if they don't screw up everybody else's life, they, they let you play with your tech toys. But if you suddenly say you can't get in to the front door because of my tech toys, they get angry. So I'm still, I'm playing it. I'm playing it light. I'm enjoying my little Wi-Fi. Uh, light bulbs, but they're much more of a novelty. And I'm just kind of waiting for that moment where I, I suddenly get how it can fit into my life a little bit more. Although I really did love turning Dan's light off and on by uh, voice command. That was, uh, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. I love the idea of home automation, but I, I think you also have to figure out why are we doing this? Am I doing it just because it's cool and I can, or am I doing it because it serves a practical purpose? And so as a result, I've, I've actually scaled back quite a bit. I I've gone, um, I, I've gotten quite a few of the Wemo line of products and I've got a couple of their switches and I, I just recently picked up the, some of their light bulbs when they when they cut the price in half and I've, I've got a nest uh, but other than that I'm, I'm really trying to find a use case for why I need something as opposed to oh I've got this and it's it, I, I need this because it's cool um, one of the things I've done is, is I've got a camera in my garage that its sole job is to watch the garage door and I can check it as I pull out to make, if I question oh did I really close the garage door um, before I get all the way to mm. work and, and have to circle back around um, but I, I think that's definitely something that you have to keep in mind is, do I really have a need for this or is it just something that I want? So good answers, everybody. Thank you. All right, Dan, it is time for, uh, I believe we have enough time for a bonus topic. You Fantastic. are the designated co-host, so you will be reading the bonus topic. The bonus topic this week brought to you by Dropbox for Business. Dropbox for Business lets your whole team sync and share files, just like the Dropbox that 300 million users love, but with all the space you need and admin tools to manage and protect company information. Say you've got people working all over, satellite offices, home offices, on the road, and everyone's using different apps, different phones, different computers. Dropbox for Business lets them all work together from anywhere. So the Houston marketing team can collaborate on a presentation with sales in Chicago before setting off to the client in San Francisco. 
all it ha- all in an instant, everybody's on the same page, no matter what they're using, any device. And since all those files are in one place, your IT group can easily manage and secure your company's data with powerful administrative tools that are built into Dropbox for business. Plus, you can plug in over 300,000 different apps, everything from Microsoft Office and Salesforce to eDiscovery and DLP solutions. Get your free Dropbox for Business trial at dropbox.com slash business. And thanks to Dropbox for Business for sponsoring the Clockwise bonus question, which is... Well, I'm really curious to know, do you guys have a particular album or song that's in heavy rotation right now? Personally, I will say I just saw the new Avengers movie, so I downloaded the soundtrack, as is my want, and have been listening to the Age of Ultron soundtrack pretty much repeatedly for the last (laughs) couple days. So what about you guys? I've got a a teenage daughter, and it's kind of cool when your kids get older and they introduce you to new music, and she introduced me to this new, well, actually, it's a two-year-old Passenger album called All the Little Lights, and I walked in her room, and she was playing it, and I'm like, what is that? And I, I really like it. I've been listening to it for the last week. Uh, I've been listening to a, a new album and a slightly older album a lot lately. I've been listening to Sparks by Imogen Heap, which came out a little while ago. And actually, she was releasing songs over the period of recording her album on iTunes, which was really cool. So um, some of these songs I've been listening to for a few years, but it's neat to listen to all 14 songs as an album now. And then the other one that I've been listening to a lot lately is the new Death Cab for Cutie album, Kintsugi, which is uh, pretty great. And uh, the first four or five songs on it are, are uh, really great. So after a kind of last Cluster previous uh, album release. I'm uh, happy to get a, a new Death Cab that I like. Well, I have my life has been crazy lately, and I, I find that when when things are really crazy for me, I tend to revert back to uh, when uh, wanting to listen to music from from happier times or, or more comfort music. So lately, I've been listening to Billy Joel's "Songs in the Attic," uh, which is a, an old album. I think it's from the the early '80s, but I think it's just classic Billy Joel. I love all the songs. I love the way that they they flow in that album, and I can just uh, you know play that album from from start to finish. It was kind of a fake live album uh, that was mashed together from multiple recordings, but um, I love it. So songs in the attic. I believe that wraps up all of our topics today. So it remains only to thank our guests, the fabulous hosts of Mac Power Users. Mr. David Sparks, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. I listen to it every week. So it's kind of thrilling for me to be on it. It's great to have you here. And Katie, it's fantastic to have you here. We love Mac Power Users and we're so glad that you could be on Clockwise. We get this crossover event. It's like the Avengers, basically. <laughs> it was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. And Dan, that that's it. Again, we should remember to tell our, our listeners teespring.com slash clockwise if you want to buy a Clockwise t-shirt. There's only a few days left. Time is running out. Time, time, oh... Time is running Time out. Time is running out. That could out, be indeed. our new catchphrase. But until then, next week, that is, when we will be back for a regular old episode of Clockwise. I'm looking forward to it, Dan. Uh, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. That's on the t-shirt. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.